Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 260 of the AFTN podcast. I am 442 skeptic Joe DC. I'm joined by the voice of TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer. He told me earlier that the Manchester City title celebration video was the best thing he'd ever seen. It's Gideon Hill. (laughs) Nice intro once again, Joe. (laughs) Beside him, AFTN writer and long ball advocate, he... (laughs) He has a tattoo that says, if you ain't a wing back, don't call me back. It's Nicholas Ruprecht. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Yeah. That's two intros I've used up in one go, in one week. Solid. Okay, gentlemen, the opening question this week. Who is the most likely MLS player to run for president? Nick. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tim Howard, because I think he could build a wall. Um, I also think he would look really good on some posters, you know, shine up his head. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know? And then the beards. Yeah, yeah, and the beard. You know? It's iconic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gideon? Uh, I say Kendall Watson because he seems to stand over everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Costa Rican thing might get in the way. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, never I'm going to go for Michael Bradley because he basically does what he wants anyway. <laughs> might as well give him a position of power that, you know, makes it kind of official, right? <laughs> well, that's the, um, that's the opening question for this week. But we're going to look back really quickly on the depressing... LAFC game. We're not going to spend too much time, thankfully, talking about that. Um, it's Complete the Sentences, part one of our show. Gentlemen, complete this sentence. The Caps game against LAFC was blank. Gideon. Frustrating. Okay. Nick, the Caps game against LAFC was? Bleh. Bleh? Okay. Bleh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the Caps game against LAFC was not good. Um, number two. The people responsible for the bad home form are... The individual errors? Okay, okay. Uh, Gideon, the people responsible for the bad home form are... The players. Okay, I have the same answer. The people who are responsible are the players. Number three, blank is the answer to all our problems. Scoring is the answer to all our problems. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nick, what's the answer to all our problems? I would say winning those long balls. Okay, so the second ball. So not second ball. Not to chair, taking that. <laughs> not to chair. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to go away games are the answer to all our problems. <laughs> if you can't fix the problem, just avoid it, right? Just all our games, we'll reschedule them 
to be away from yeah. PC. Yeah. <laughs> or if we could like get those tarps lower, Ooh. and then every game is an away game because the players don't know where they are. <laughs> you might go I'm... to business pretty quick after that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, that was the first part of our show. Now we're going to look ahead. We're not going to look back. We're, we play Sporting Kansas City uh, this Friday. Another Friday game. The second of three Friday games, which is kind of weird. It's away, so it's in in the blue cauldron, as they call it. Kansas have started really, really well. They're 4-2-1. and one. They're four points ahead of anybody else already. Nick, are they the team to beat this, uh, in the Western Conference this season? In the West? I think, you know, they're always, for the last couple of years, they've always been up there mm-hmm. um, as one of the, you know, at least top three, maybe four teams in the West, even with all their turnover, which... I think we'll get to later. Um, But yeah, I think they're doing really well. I mean, again, it's still, you know, fairly early. um, But it's closing in on that first third of the season where you can start to see how things are kind of panning out. And Gideon, their their results have been really impressive so far. Yeah, you know, I think the game on Sunday kind of showed that even though they're up, I know that they came back. And, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, they're the best team in the West right now and the team to beat. But... Ask me that halfway through the year because, you know, normally they played really well in the first part of the season. Finishing the season is a mm-hmm. little bit iffy. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, the way they're looking, yeah, I'd say they're the team to beat in the West. Yeah, um, Peter Vermees, iconic SKC coach, has really evolved them. They won the um, Open Cup last season, right? But he, he's, like, really made this team so, so solid, right, Gideon? Yeah, you know, and Peter Vermees has been such a great coach over the years. He's never really changed up his team, gone from you know, poor team one year to completely changing his whole level the next year. He's keeping the key core players like Beisler, Zussi, Espinosa every year. He's made some good signings. And to be honest, in the last few years, he hasn't ever made a big bunny signings until he promised it the offseason. He said, hey, I'm going to sign two DPs. And he promised, came, the promise came true. And they're sitting pretty this year with the 4-2-1 record to start the year. Mm-hmm. Nick, what comes to mind when you think of Peter Vermees? Very tight defensively. Okay. Last year, they rode their defensive form and the the amazingness of Opara basically to getting into the playoffs and that's not because of Opara just elevating everybody around him he's a center back it's because of the kind of system that he has in place to to fight for it and then how they get forward as well yeah i you don't you don't associate tight defensive play with the 433 formation right uh, like the the reason you play a four three three is to get three forwards onto the field, right? Yeah. And then you kind of build from there. Like, how much of that do you think is the chemistry that not only the defenders have, but that the defensive midfielders have, who've been there, who who are, like some of them have been there around for a long time? Um, I think it's a little. I think you have to put a lot of credit to their midfield because I think they run like crazy. Yeah. And they put yeah. a lot of because that's the whole thing uh, Gideon was talking about earlier last year. They kind of petered out well how much can you run yeah. until you've just ran yourself into the ground and if there's one thing we know about roger espinoza is that he can get back and win the ball back like mm-hmm. on the break right mm-hmm. um yeah and that midfield is probably the biggest reason they've been playing so well uh so far this season um sanchez in their midfield is leading their goal scoring right now yeah um, yeah i saw that i was like yeah. what yeah and even though they Five? have yeah even though they have like great forward players like uh Kyrie shelton Kyrie Shelton in New York didn't seem to hit the heights that he could no. have, right? But Kyrie Shelton in Kansas is a different proposition, right? Like, Kyrie Shelton can win 
headers and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, he's also quite speedy, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, they added Shelton and Johnny Russell in the off season, but they mm-hmm. lost Latif Blessing, who I th- like, as I mentioned before, is a I think is a great player. But Russell and Shelton seem to fit in pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, they added also Felipe Gutierrez, a Chilean national, and Johan Corze, as well as uh, Brad Evans from Seattle. So those are some okay. some huge additions for that team. Again, they spent some good money. Russell is a big addition from uh, Derby, so so they've they've really you know built their team well, and I think they are going to find some success this year. Nick, I don't know about you, but Russell was one of the only players I could name who plays for Derby County. Like he's a dangerous, he's a dangerous. <laughs> yeah, player. I think you saw if if you've seen any of the recent highlights. Anyway, I think he's the two games ago he got a goal, and then this last game he created a penalty. So yeah. and he's so hardworking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from what what do we love more than one hardworking Scotsman? <laughs> it's two two hardworking Scotsmen. So uh, as a special treat, our own uh, Scotsman close to our hearts, Michael McCall, uh, had a chance to sit down and chat with Johnny Russell himself. So now let's uh, head over to listen to Michael McCall talking with SKC forward Johnny Russell. Guess first thing to ask you really is, how's life treating you then in in Kansas City? Um, it's been it's been brilliant so far. Uh, the, you know, it's a great bunch of guys. I've joined in great staff as well, and you know everyone's been everyone's been great with me so far, and you know I'm sure that'll continue my my time. Like over the years in MLS, that there's been a lot of of Scottish players, but a lot of UK players in particular that's. They've taken a little bit of time to, to find their feet. But, I mean, right away, two goals, two assists for you. You, you scored and got an assist in, in your second game. You seem to have really settled in quite quickly. Have you found it quite an easy transition? Um, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say easy. Um, I have transitioned quickly, but I you know, that came from getting a bit of time. Um, look at the guys before I joined. And then you know, we've put in a lot of work during pre-season. Um, so although I joined late, you know, we put in a lot of hours into, you know, how the team worked and everyone's job within the team. So, you know, from that aspect, it was, it was made like, pretty easy for me to, to adjust and, you know, I knew exactly what was required of me as well. Now, I mean, there's a lot of differences in the league. The, the main one being travel, I, I guess it's not as bad. Kansas City's kind of in the centre of America. Here in Vancouver, like the teams travel twenty thousand kilometers in their first three road games, but you've not had a lot of big trips so far. But how have how have you found things like the travel and artificial pitches and, and just various things that's different from the the game back home? Like you said, because we are you know right in the middle, then isn't too great. I think the longest we've travelled is like. Three and a half hours, which is, you know, I've, I've travelled longer than that in a bus back home. So, you know, the people say the, the travel might be a difficult thing, but I've not found that at all. Um, you know, I'm used to I'm used to travelling. The only difference is we're, we're doing it on a plane rather than a bus. So <laughs> that's, you know, that's the only thing. I think coming into the, the summer months, um, you know, that's when, you know, the, the biggest time that I'll need to adapt is obviously in that sort of weather 
you've come to MLS kind of in your prime. A, a lot of the reputation of the league was it was a bit of a retirement league. But I mean, you came in your twenty seven, yet you're twenty eight now. How long was MLS on your radar, or was it just did it just kind of come out of the blue? Kansas City's interest in you. Um. The league's been on my, um, but it was only really the last sort of year, maybe that you know I thought you know it's something that I would would really would really like to try, and then it was actually through chance actually that that just came up that, that we spoke through you know Mo Johnson and my agent knew each other well from from back home, um, and it all really came about through that. It's just like a a sort of soft question from Mo to see if I'd, I'd be up for it. It all just really kicked off from there. I read an interview that you had done where you, you mentioned when you moved from Scotland to, to Derby, folk had said, oh, the standard of the league in Scotland's not good. And then when you moved here, folks like, oh, this, the standard's not, not good in MLS. H- how have you found like the quality since you've got here? I think the, the quality's been brilliant. You know, I, I wouldn't sit and compare leagues um, but you know, a lot of people did say, "Oh, you know, I've, I've just came out here to relax and for a lifestyle." But it's, it's not been like that at all. I've came to a team that I feel I've just got a real chance of winning things. Um, I think the track record over the past few years shows that they are a team that want to do that. And you know, I'm still, I'm still an ambitious guy, I'm still an ambitious player. I want to, I want to win, and I want to do well. And you know, I feel I've came to the right place to do that. I mean, the team's made a, a fantastic start to the season, and I mean, top of the West just now. The the game that you've got coming up on Friday against Vancouver, do you, do you know much about them? That they're, they're a team that's done well on the road. What are you expecting from that? Um, expecting a really tough game. Um, we know how well Vancouver travel, and they've got some quality players as well. So we know how tough a game it's going to be. Um, you know, but all all games are, are tough in this league. But you know, this one. Because of how well Vancouver travel, we know how difficult it's going to be. So we'll just have to be at our best, and you know, hopefully that's enough to get us the three points on the day. Now, when you when you did come over, Derby, I think I think they were in the promotion places, or at least they're they're close, which which they still are. How much mulling over did you have to do to to come over now and and not just see out the season and and see what happened with them? You know, it wasn't one of these things that I. I pushed to say, oh, I, w- I want to go now. Um, I, I just told them that, you know, that's where I saw my I saw my future. You know, whether it was January or the summer, like that's where I was going to go. And I think they just made the decision to do it early rather than later, which I can understand. You know, maybe from their point of view, they don't want someone in the, the changing room who's, who's maybe going to move on at the end of the season. Um, you know, everyone that knows me and knows my character knows that I would never, you know, I'd never be, you know, like bad around the, the change room. But I can completely understand where they're coming from. That, you know, maybe they just thought it was it was time to do it in in January. But it's it's worked out well so far. So you know, I'm glad that it's happened. When you made the move, I think it was the Daily Record wrote an article saying that they see that MLS is is going to be a an optimal destination for for Scottish players in the next couple of years. Have you had other guys get in touch with you to to see what it's like, and do you think there will be a lot of interest in moving over? Um, I think there's 
I think they will. I've actually I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, just obviously speaking to friends and, and things, but I've had a lot of people ask me um, how it is. So, you know, I think a lot of people are now starting to start to want to go, you know, a bit further um, for quite some time now, uh, Scottish players. Now you've just been, uh, if you do well, you go to England, but I think a lot of players now are starting to try different things, which... You know, I think can only be a, a good thing, you know, going and trying different leagues and having different experiences as well. And you haven't featured in the in the national team now for, for a couple of years. I would guess, obviously, it's something that you're still interested in, but do, do you feel making a move here and doing well, is that going to put you in the in the window? Have you had any contact with Alex McLeish or, or anyone in the Scotland camp? No, I've not had any contact. Um, you know, I, I would hope that you know, my aware I was, if I was doing well, then I'd always be in with a shout. But it's, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, they would turn their nose up because I'm playing I'm playing in this league. There's a lot of Scottish players who have played here and been involved in the national team, so it's, I wouldn't see that being an issue. Um, but I love representing my country, you know, if I've done it under 21s, under 19s, and... You know, even the, the few caps that I got, I always loved pulling the Scotland top one and I do hope to do it again. Um, so that's, that's something that I would I would love to do, but it's you know, it's not up to me, so <laughs> I just uh hopefully I can I can keep doing well here and you know, if I, I get the call to be back involved then, you know, I'll be delighted. When you look back at when you started off in the game, I mean, you were loaned to places like Forfar and, and, and Wraith Rovers and playing in, in some of the really crappy stadiums in, in Scotland that I know so well, but did, did you ever foresee yourself being in a league with the likes of Zlatan and David Villa and, and all those kind of guys? And how do you see yourself having grown as a player in that time? No, it's weird to think about, you know, coming from you know, where I've, I've came from and you know, the, I did have to do it the hard way in my my younger career, obviously, going out and loan. But I think going out and loan to for and Wraith Rovers, I think, you know, that made me. You know, going out there as a young kid and, you know, guys are, guys are out there grafting um, and then coming to training and you're actually playing for something. You know, they're, they're playing for, for their lives at times. So, it was, you know, that was always good to get out there early and experience that and, I think from there, um, I've just, you never stop um, learning, so I've always continued to, you know, try and learn as much as I can. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Johnny, and good luck this season, and I'll probably see you when you come up to Vancouver later in the year. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to episode 260 of the AFTN podcast. Uh, we're still reviewing Sporting Kansas City. They're such a dangerous team. We just discussed um, their forward line uh, with Russell, uh, with Shelton, and like whoever else, uh, whoever else could slot in there. Really, they have so many tools. Um, their midfield. Let's just discuss 
their dynamic a little bit more. Mm. I, am I right in thinking that Espinoza is the more defensively aware of the three in the midfield, who is likely to start on Friday? Yeah, I think yeah. the the goals of Sanchez kind of proves the fact that you know Espinoza is more the one to sit back, and they mm-hmm. again can interchange Sanchez and Espinoza can. But the five goals for Sanchez shows you, shows you that Espinoza is the one that likes to stick back a little bit more. And I think as well, like if you, I was looking at some of the passing stats for the last couple of games and a lot of their play goes through Sanchez, either because he's getting back and he's helping win the ball or he's being in a good space to receive the ball after somebody's won it. Mm-hmm. Um, their back four is impressive. That's the only yeah. way you can say it. Bessler and Opara, like, I don't think... That's one of the best yeah, center back pairings I was, I was in the MLS. I was quickly trying to think if there was anything that could really... Yeah. Like when, when Parker was still with us, I would have probably had wanted Watson and Parker over Bessler and Opara. That might be unpopular, but like I think that's like a really formidable... Like Opara is so fast. And they've been playing together for the past two or three years yeah. as well. So yeah. they're building good and chemistry. And Zussi's transition to, to a right back has been Phenomenal. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, a relevation in right back. Not that he was a bad midfielder. He made it to the World Cup but with the States being a midfielder. And he um, can still score from that right back. Yeah, like he too. did last game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's arguably the most... And yeah. he scored a huge Gazzalo, you know, cracking goal yeah. like recently as Against well. Against San Jose. Yeah. yeah. Um, Suzy, like, he's probably the most iconic player right now, like, in terms of, like, MLS um, history on that team. Where do you think he ranks, like, all-time in the MLS. Mm. And let's not go like just midfield. Like the fact that he transitions to defense is a, a positive thing, not a, not a negative yeah. thing. Right. Like, where do you think, uh, Nick, where do you think he ranks? I would say if I was to make a team of like all time, best MLS players, he would definitely make my bench. Okay. Because like you said, he's played CM, he's played winger, he's played right back. Like I, I would, he's like, a you, you could take him off in your all time team, put him pretty much anywhere. And you could probably have him, be successful there's that's why i think it's awesome to have him on the option as a bench (laughs) i'm thinking forward you know yeah yeah yeah. gideon not just functional but like really impressive in his role too yeah and he's been loyal as well he's been with kansas Mm. city for over six seven eight years now so yeah i think definitely for me he'd probably make the bench and maybe even the starting 11 if there was an injury to the (laughs) quote-unquote starting (laughs) 11 Yeah, if uh, David Villa gets injured. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, Brad, sorry, Bradley Wright Phillips. <laughs> okay, most dangerous person on the Sporting Kansas City team for you, Gideon? Johnny Russell, no doubt. Yeah? What makes you scared? I don't know. I just, I've seen the way he plays out wide and, you know, with De Young kind of hard to, it's hard for him to play defensively well as a unit right now. I think it'll be a challenge for him and Russell's a dangerous player, can get it done with his right and left foot. So I, Okay, right Nick? Um, I would go with Sanchez. Just watch him mm-hmm. do his thing. Watch him be the kind of heartbeat of that attack. Yeah, and also you know shielding in defense as well. Yeah, I'll go with uh, with Zussi because the overlap could really oh yeah oh, mess yeah. mess up with the Whitecaps. It depends on who it depends who we have playing that left wing. If it was Davies, I'm not that worried because he will track back. But if we have to. Even introduce Shea, I think, like, Zuzi's smart enough to pick his times to go forward, I think. And he's like we said, he's just player. such a such a great player. Mm-hmm. And not only going forward, like, this is probably the toughest matchup that Davies would have to face, at, like, attacking if he was playing on that left side. But as I've said before, Davies should be on the right. 
Okay, <laughs> he's our, he is our best right winger. He is our best left winger, and he's probably our best left back as well. <laughs> okay, uh, one last thing about Sporting Kansas City: great jerseys, right? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, jerseys. yeah. just simple, like they're nice, always, good color. Yeah, they're always like, like navy and. You know, like, they don't I, have any love, weird dots on them no, that are supposed to be I, rain or anything. I like, I do like. Well, see, they do take risks because there was that one, uh, which had the cross hatch. You mean like the pattern? Like yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, I like that one. And that one was great. It was, yeah. it was take, like that Manchester United jersey with the with the, like the yeah. squares. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 so they they take risks, but they don't take like ridiculous overboard yeah. risks. Yeah. These are risks that are subdued. Mm. They don't. Like take away from the jersey, and the sponsor they have is like that IV IV funds. Like it just it fits well. Like I think the Whitecaps are lucky to have Bell because like it, it looks it looks yeah. really well. But then there's like teams that don't have sponsors that look really good. Like I think that helps SKC's. Uh, I'm thinking of Herbalife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Herbalife. <laughs> Watch that documentary on Herbalife. It's really really interesting on how it's like a big like. Anyway, yeah, I'll get into yeah. that. That's for my other podcast. You don't <laughs> exactly. No. Well, it's environmental podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's more about business actually. Um, anyway, that's our preview on on Sporting Kansas City. Watch out for those uh, really nice jerseys. And now, what everyone's been waiting for, it's time for. Do you know who I am? Okay. <laughs> deep breaths. <laughs> deep, deep breaths. <laughs> um, season standings are three, three, and one, right? Yeah. yeah. Or four. Why this is the most intense part of my week? Actually, I was thinking on the drive home today that we said that the one, like the three, three, and one, the one was a goal for me, right? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not a goal for me. It's an own goal. For me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. It was Daigo Kobe. No, it was Daigo Kobe. No, no, Marco Donadel. Marco Donadel. Yeah. yeah. Like that. I think we should have got that one. I yeah, think we should have got that one. I, one of the clues was I have wavy long hair. Like, come on. To be fair. <laughs> okay, this week's one is a little bit easier, I think. And it's so important that, like, the I fact that it's last easier. week, I thought. <laughs> no, last week's was intentionally more difficult, I think. I'm very, I'm making it different. Like, at the start, it was way too easy, and it was just pissing me off. But, uh, okay, Th- this week, it's a good one. Okay. Okay. Remember to say stop before okay. you answer in case there's uh, two people answering at the same time. I was born on March first or March thirty first, nineteen ninety two. Mm. Nineteen ninety two. That's a year older than me. For reference. <laughs> okay. Clue number two. Oh, by the way, I think you'll get this around four. I'm, okay. I'm usually okay. pretty good at estimating where they're where it's going to break down for me. Um, <laughs> I played in Colorado for a non MLS team before being drafted by Dallas. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad no one's got it yet. Uh, I am a forward and an international. Ooh, uh, stop. Yes. Who is Tesho Akindele? It is Tesho Akindele. Yes. yes! Come on! Yes! Colorado, come yeah. on! I was Rookie of the Year in 2014. I have 14 caps for Canada and two goals. I still play for Dallas, and I'm from Alberta. I am Tesho Akindele. Well Tesho, Tesho, Tesho. <laughs> so it's 4-3-1. and one. Hold on, Nick. Gideon, oh, thoughts? Thoughts? Oh, for 4. I gotta, I, this, this curse has got to end sometime. <laughs> He's got to, to knock on the door and 
Hash, hashtag pray for Gideon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. Okay, welcome back to the AFTN podcast, episode 260. Just a dramatic game of Do You Know Who I Am? Dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> We're going to look forward to the Whitecaps now. Keeping it positive, if, if we can. <laughs> Question number one, though. What's gone wrong, Gideon? You know, I is there is there anything you can draw from your "Do you know who I am?" form? I don't know. The... There's nothing positive from my "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> so it's hard to draw anything. Positive. Um, no, I just think you know. For me, it's watching the game there on on Friday. You know, I just think it was the wrong setup and the way that things transpired throughout the game and the way LASC kind of took the lead expectantly. The way the Caps were playing, I just think you know the decisions for the Whitecaps side of things going forward for the team didn't really dictate the way that the game ended because I feel like the Whitecaps deserved at least a goal from that game. But again, the long ball such a chair thing kind of thing and, you know, having her title yeah. and Shea up front didn't really work out. I could see it happening in the future, but I just think, you know, the, not the personnel, but just the way the team played trying to go forward and score a goal just didn't really uh, mean much to me. Nick, no goals in two games. What's going on? Yeah. Home, I th- home I th- games. Home yeah. games. Yeah. I, I think, I, uh, you know, teams are a little bit wise to our cross it in yeah. at all costs and also the fact that we like to play out of the back and this is what I, I think I was alluding to last preview we just need a plan B something else that we can pull out of our pocket when the long balls aren't working um, and and yeah and I think as well there were there was a little bit of a communication error on one of the goals yeah the second goal right the second yeah. goal yeah and I mean like that can happen that's how it goes sometimes when mm-hmm. there's chaotic situations. You can have something like that happen. And hopefully it's just something that they can work through, work on that communication. But yeah, I think we need a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. I, similar line to that for me. It's just that, you know, we when we're away from home, we have this results-orientated setup, right? With the defensive play and all that. But like when we play at home, all the players know that we should be pushing forward a little bit more. But it just seems lukewarm to me, right? Like, are we attacking or are we going to sit tight? You know, there's elements of our game plan at home that are still results orientated. Like, and results orientated is a fine thing. You know, managers like Jose Mourinho, like in the past, have gotten done wonders playing results orientated football. But like, either commit to playing attacking or not. Don't commit to playing attacking. I'm a I'm a Manchester United fan, and I see so many parallels between these two teams. Quality, yeah, that's a different story. But like. You know, United at home, they can't score sometimes because the last game they were playing, they were sitting back so much. Yeah. It's almost like they forgot how... Like, yeah. the forward players are so starved of chances that they snatch at them. And, like, if, if imagine Manchester United who have, like, a squad worth 300 million and then, like, transpose that to the Whitecaps who have players of lesser quality. That's not a, an insulting thing to say. But when these rare chances come by will not convert at the same rate. But but then I saw an interesting graphic okay. to, to say that about like <coughs> big chances created and mm-hmm. big chances scored. Yeah. And for the Whitecaps, they were five for five. 
So created and scored. You created mean? and scored. So is it a case that we're not just not creating enough then? So maybe yeah, that's what. Because I, I can't remember a single chance. There wasn't no. There was <laughs> a, the only chance that we had that I thought we were actually going to score, and I got up on my feet for was the Alfonso Davies shot from thirty yeah, yards out. Yeah. You remember the that's game? Bad. You remember yeah. the game? Remember the game before? Kamara like beat three people and then hit the side netting. Right? He had to do all that work by himself to yeah. get. Yeah. Like it, so maybe it is a chance creation kind of a I, thing. I feel like that's a little bit what it more what it is. Okay. Because so it falls on the midfield then. Too. Yeah, I think it falls on the midfield. Then I think you know, okay, Hurtado is doing his best and he does have a good work rate, but you can't fault his work. No, rate. for a lone striker, you couldn't have done anything. More he for him. he yeah. is not a good lone striker. If it's that's a four true. four two, more, he would work wonders in a yeah, four four two. Think, Run think, the channel, the second yeah, ball, exactly. All that kind that's of his. Stuff. That's his. That's Hurtado's game is yeah. like running because he's fast. Yeah. Is yeah. he strong? And he's strong. Yes, he's, he's stronger. He's, he's not like a yeah. beast, but, like, but yeah. he's not the guy who's going to win you those knockdown balls yeah. or or anything like that. Like, and his play, I feel like that is not what the type of player that he is. Mm-hmm. And I get it. He had to play that role. But it didn't go so well. For That's him. my beef. Isn't with that. Yeah. Like it's it's more like I think we've narrowed it down a little bit through this discussion. I think the midfield does need to needs to needs to control to, the game a bit. More. Yeah, but then when we look at, I think when you looked at the game and when you saw when they possessed, it didn't look like they were very comfortable. You, you mean know, possessing, possessing the ball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I There's mean, a lot of pressure from LA the whole game. Mm-hmm. But Tybert looked good holding the ball. Right? Oh yeah, yes. that, that's not yeah. it. But then and no, when he got switched out, and I actually think Reyna was okay. Yeah. yeah, as well. Like he had some creative ideas, yeah. and he got it going forward a little bit more. But but okay, looking forward, which that's going to be our focus. Like, how yeah. are we going to? We're going to be away from home, yes. so it's probably going to be a bit more compact and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But you do want your midfielders to be able to hold the ball when you, when, when, you, when you can, yeah. right? I honestly think you just keep starting Tybert because in his not just his style, but his form is is what yeah. is what's good. He like he's in the forefront. A necessary shield for the back line, yeah. and he yeah. provides a necessary outlet valve yeah when that long ball isn't there and he tucks in really nicely like yeah. it's robo robo wants that uh we have a question from from johnny uh his uh, name on twitter is johnny from canada um his question is have you ever left slash turned off a whitecaps match due to frustration i've never left a whitecaps match due to frustration i have turned off a whitecaps match due to does frustration. it count if you like walk away for 10 minutes and then come back and <laughs> yeah. check on the score? sure let's have <laughs> you mean a beer on a bc place <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly an <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah i have i've turned off a game before yeah, yeah I've, I've i would never leave a game but I, i've definitely turned off I've walked away from a game for yeah. sure, like, but I've at, at BC Place I've never left a game. Yeah, because I pay for those tickets, man. <laughs> um, how should the Caps approach this game? Well, I think we're going into a, a, a game where we can play to our strong suit, mm-hmm. you know. And SKC does like to possess, but they do have a very strong wing attack as well. So that is my only concern: is are we going to get caught out? being counterattacked on the counterattack. Yeah. You know, is one one area yeah. of concern. Yeah, I, I just don't see that completely happening because I know we're we're always a strong team um holding back speed or counterattack from the other team in the past as well. This year we've done that really well with holding off counterattack, so I think that'll play into our hands a little bit and we'll have to counter when Casey is is too far forward. 
Okay, you think they're going to press up then, Gideon? Like, a little, like, the, they'll press up when Kansas City's pressed up because okay. basically what Nick said, but I'm, I'm saying that they're going to set up defensively mm-hmm. and they're going to take their chances when they're given. Actually, have you guys noticed that there's more closing down uh, like further forward? I know at home we do that anyway, mm-hmm. but like I, I've just seen this like a slowly a trend of increased pressure on the ball in the opponent's half, as opposed to last season sometimes when everyone would just drop into shape. Right? But it's yeah. worked. It's worked well because we've had results in the road yep. this year. And yeah, yeah, no, I, no. You can't complain. For sure, about, for sure. And I would almost say that's like a, over almost all of soccer that feels to yeah. like a general trend towards pressing more high, higher. Yeah, up. higher up. Question from Chris Cargan: The ca- if the Caps get a turnaround performance this weekend. What will they have done to reverse the current fortunes from for, for, fortunes and form? Mm. It's kind of a big, yeah. big question to tackle. Um, I think we need a lucky goal, <laughs> like <laughs> just to get a, get the ball rolling. Uh, that's the fortunes part, and I think we just need to start the players that are playing well. I think there's a couple of players in there that sure. are playing despite not being in their best form. I think you know, play the players at their best positions. Yeah. And so Davies at right wing, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I that's, see. I hear what you're saying. your opinion, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might be good to have him on the left side, like yeah. against Zuzi. Yeah, matchup wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kansas's left back. Uh, let me read his name Snovic. here. Snovic. Is it Snovic? Madranda. Last la- last Madranda. game it was Madranda. Madranda. Um, he had an assist and a yellow card, according to this website. That could be a good. I don't know. If he, they do actually. He switches like. Oh, yeah. And he actually, notice too. this, right? It's always on, ho- like, I mean, like, whole numbers. So it's either, like, 15 or 30 that they do the switch. So it's a game plan yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, switch at the 30th minute mark or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, to answer Chris's question, Nick, what, what's gonna, what's it going to take? I think it's going to take... We need that. I think we're going to need to take our chances away from home. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Like we've been pretty. I feel like we've been we've pretty been good, really good at taking yeah at taking our chances away from home, and our finishing has been clinical. Yeah. Um. Whatever they're doing for finishing practice, keep doing it. Keep doing we need it. Another, away from home. I think Gideon said this before we started. We need another Hurtado goal at Kansas last yeah. year. Right? Yeah. Just that'd, a, that'd a robbery. Nice. Um. The Twitter hate on was amazing after that game. <laughs> There was like Kansas fans being like, "We will not forget this. Yeah. You have tarnished something." I was like, "Oh yes, more." <laughs> um, Chris just has be a, the villain. Just be the villain. Every Chris, hero yeah. is the villain. Chris, Chris has another question. It's three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. It, it might not induce front office panic, mm-hmm. but there is a number that will do the trick of losses in a row. So his question is, what is that magic number? Of losses that would trigger panic and change, and then a lot of people have gotten have responded to this, and we've gotten some different answers. Uh, Joel says uh, ten home losses in a row, which is a I, huge, I, I huge number. That's a bit. Much. Uh, I think it would be closer. Hen- Henry says six. Uh, AFTN, so it's Michael McCall. Uh, he said two or three more home blanks. So like not only just like not Lots, winning, but but, yeah, but not, scoring. not scoring either. Yeah, I think that's all the two answers we got. Two or three on top of what we I currently have. I think two or three will be like pressure cooker type of like pressure, right? I think five losses total home and away combined will be. Mm. Yeah. Is when you're kind of going to have to. That would be pretty yeah. devastating at that point. You're, so we're all looking you know, at like closer to the lower number than to the 10. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 10's, 10's a big number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But c- can the Caps fans handle another bad performance? Like a few weeks ago, everything looked great. 
And now it's very doom yes, and gloom. But this is this is this is being a fan of a team. You're very fickle. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're the the highs are dizzying highs and the lows are you know like we've never had dizzying highs. <laughs> there was that time we beat Seattle, but that was really fun. But yeah, you, can't, you can't discount Cascadia Cup. Yeah, 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 right. That time, actually, the ha- probably the happiest I've or ever the, been. Or the or cha- the Canadian champions. Yeah, when you know, Pamuduka like, was dancing, like, yeah, that's I'm still not, one of my yeah, favorites. Still, still one of my favorite Whitecaps moments. Maybe at, at times like this, it really is important to remember those kind of moments. Because, like, if you think about it, it's not really that bad. It's a couple of bad games. We're third in yeah. the West. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not the end of the world. Still third in the West. You know, and the West is tough, tougher. Tough in the sense that a lot of teams the the difference in quality yeah, between the yeah. teams at the top and the bottom well, is much tighter that's the new west where like the best teams are now in the east, east. right like the, the best new... teams are now in the east and the worst teams are yeah. also now in the east maybe we should all just cheer for kansas no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> um okay how should the caps set up against a strong 4-3-3 so let's look mm. let's go into tactics um like as deep as we can go 4-3-3 as we said before the reason you play 4-3-3 you want to play three forwards. And if you have three good midfielders, you might as well play three forwards, right? They'll they'll play on the wing a mm-hmm. lot. So can how can the caps counteract that? Um like like all that wing play, right? Like mm-hmm. I guess the big question is, are we looking at a four two three one or are we looking at a four one four one? I think four one four one you're left whoever's playing the one role is gonna be left pretty exposed. Uh I'm thinking I'm thinking rather it's gonna be a four two three one and have Davies out wide that can cover and come in. As well, if you, also if you have Felipe playing attacking in the third in the four-two-three, um, that he'll be able to cover a bit more for the two midfielders in behind him. Nick, I think uh, the four-two-three-one as well because oh, yeah. the this that second extra midfielder gives you a little bit more protection. Hmm. I would go four-one-four-one personally because if you can crowd the midfield as much as you can, so if the wingers aren't expected to be as advanced and have that attacking midfielder like be a little bit deeper, like instead of having the triangle pointing towards your attack, you're having the triangle pointing towards your defense, right? And then your outlets are the wings. I still agree with the outlets being the mm-hmm. wings. Um, I think that's a product of Jordi Reyna not being on form is that we don't have anything down the middle. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we don't come to expect anything except a long ball down the middle. And then we expect to play down the wing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a 4-1-4-1. Four, four, one, four, one. That's, that's what I think will probably end up happening, especially, like, you get the slightest feeling that Robbo just wants a result at this point, which is fine. A draw mm-hmm. in Kansas would be a great yeah, result. Yeah, that would be a good result. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think that's... I think either way, you Even can see a game plan. in Kansas would be a huge, a yeah. huge bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you think uh, starts up front? Mm. Up top? Yeah. Kamara's out for three weeks. We heard that from Farhan today. Blundell is, out, is tra- full training, so his concussion... He's off the concussion protocol. Uh, Hurtado started last game. I want Blundell to start, if he can. Yeah, I think that would be good to give him another full match, not yeah. the one against Atlanta, which was basically but he's getting But he's getting tough, tough games to try and make an impact for a young but player. That's how, yeah. you, that's how you bring up the best in those players. That's yeah. how you see what they are against formidable opposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, we've said many times, we can't, we're not a fly on the wall in the dressing room, right? A lot of the things we see are just observations we can make you know from oh th- that player didn't shake the coach's hand as he went off they must hate each other right we're not tabloid or anything like that but do you think the players are being held accountable for their performances i think you have to i think the players need to look at your results at home and your results you know 
the last one in RSL, you have the players will notice that they didn't perform up to par. If you didn't get a result, the players notice right away. And if mm-hmm. you didn't get a result and you didn't play well, then that's a different thing. But if you just you didn't get a result, the players will know and they'll, they'll hold themselves accountable because that's what they do as professionals. And I feel like right now. They, no they know need they need to, to play better. Yeah, there's no need to publicly shame anyone. Yeah. No, but like, I, I mean, like, in the dressing room, do you think Robbo's, like, blasting someone who's not playing, like, not in good form? Like, I, I understand that's not I the only way to manage a yeah. pro well, player. Like he even said, like, they didn't play a bad game. They, they, ha- they had, you know, a bit of possession of 48% for that game. Yeah. But, again, there's still something left to be wanted. But it wasn't a 2 nothing. oh, we played an awful game. It was still a 2 nothing. You know, we could have had a bit better possession or a bit more possession, a bit more scoring opportunities kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's no reason for Robbo to yeah. demolish the players after that game. Yeah, I I, I understand. Yeah. Um, but there is there is a problem. Yeah. There is a problem, yeah, and like if it isn't fixed, it's just going to get worse. And then, that's how that's how so many coaches end up. Like that's why so many managerial changes happen because. You know, things just get a bit stale because, you know, you try the same old ideas. And I think Watson will probably step up and then try and get them going. I have complete faith in Watson to do that. But then yeah. there's players that, like, you know, don't seem to be as self-motivating as, as Watson, right? I, I, you know, that's a question. It's a rhetorical question because there's no way we could know, right? Yeah, like, yeah it's hard to pontificate abso- from the stands. Absolutely. Or it's really easy to pontificate <laughs> from the stands. Um, yeah, so that's our look forward. looking forward to the Whitecaps. Let's just go through our lineups to see... If we can come mm-hmm. to a consensus, already we have a formation difference. Yeah. Um, but in goal we have Moranovic. Yeah. For, yeah. Sure. Uh, left back De Jong. Yes. Yep. He played for he, Kansas before, right? Yeah. Uh, he did yeah. for a year, and it didn't really work out. <laughs> and he went to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Nice. Happy returns then. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, center back. We didn't have our center back shuffle this week. I think it's still Aha and Watson. I think so. Yeah. I don't think there was. There was just that communication issue, and that's you know what. In yeah. the course of a season, that's going to happen every once in a while. Do you think Mond is getting restless for not playing for a while now? Where's Henry? That's my question. I mean, he brought it into cover, and he's, I think he's still injured. But yeah. I'd like to see him one of these. Yeah? Game. But for this game? Oh, yeah. No, no Wast- oh, Adam Watson. Yeah. Okay. Um, right back. Nowinski? Nowinski, yeah. yeah. We need to get an update on Franklin, because I think he will get a game here and there once he, he comes back. I in. think the next... I don't know who we're playing the next away game, but I think he'll get a chance in the next few games. Okay. Mm. Uh, this is where our formation differs, but let's try and agree on a midfield three. You can have my three, my defensive midfielder is there. You guys have an attacking midfielder. Yeah. I think it will be Tybert in the deeper role. Yeah. Uh, Juarez, and if Gazal is fit, get him in there. Well, where does our creation come from? That's my question. Get a point. Get a point. <laughs> get, a point get out. <laughs> uh, I guess you could put Felipe in there as a more advanced yeah. player. Maybe I but I want Gazal to play. Maybe drop Juarez. He hasn't been great like these last. I don't. Years. But again, he already had his rest in Columbus. I think it was. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. We're gonna have trouble fitting all these midfielders. Yeah, in. Like, well, it's, it's not a bad thing though. When have we yeah. ever had that where we've had too many players in midfield? Like it's a good problem to have for for mm-hmm. Carl Robinson. Yeah, true. Uh, what do you guys think the midfield will be? Just the central zone. Yeah, I would say Tybert is definitely got to be in there because he's he provides that necessary shield, that running, those outlets. And I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Felipe be a bit deeper. So the one beside Tybert yeah. then? Okay. Yeah, and then I actually wouldn't mind seeing Reyna start. Give him a chance. Yeah, I, I would. If, if it was a 4-2-3-1, I would be happy to see Reyna go as well. Because I think, especially if Blondell is going to play. Yeah, he needs support. We, he needs yeah. support. Yeah. We need someone to give support yeah. to, to that. 
So I think, and he can do a good job, and he can maybe, maybe he just needs a game. You know? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Gazal again if he's fit, along with Felipe in a more defensive role in the four two. Because um, he looks pretty good there. Abini out wide right. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I, I'd Reina. be okay with that, for sure. Reina mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, again, with Felipe, you can cover more. And then out wide left would be Davies, and then up front to Blondell. Okay, I would have Breck Shea on the left and Davies on the right. I was yeah. thinking Shea up front if Blondell wasn't fit. But again, okay. her title is yeah. also there, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I would like Shea and Davies, and they can interchange on the wing. Sure. You know, switch it up a bit. And Blondell up front? And Blondell up front. I, yeah. I really think with Blondell up front... And I mean, he, he'll need support quick. Like, Kamara can hold people off. Yeah. But if Reyna is there, that might be a good yeah. idea. No sign of Tachera on this team? I don't think so. I think... Poor Tachera. No Port- on the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mosquito no is like a, a typical road player. Yeah, he might come off on the bench, from the bench as a yeah. sub. You know, His last few games haven't been, haven't been great either, though. There's, I haven't even noticed him. Most games I've seen him. Okay, well... Well, I don't usually ask this question, but what mm-hmm. do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like, what's what do you think the score is going to be? I think it's going to be three-one uh, Kansas City final. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nick, I wouldn't be surprised if SKC won, but then I also would not be surprised if it ended up tied. Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I'm going to go zero-zero. It's going to be. I think you know one-one might also be a realistic yeah. scoreline. I I would love it if we saw the set pieces like our set piece prowess. Get it does back. come into play on the road quite a bit for the Whitecaps sometimes. Not as much this season, but last season it yeah, was clutch, season, right? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it was great last season. Okay, well that's our in depth review for the the Whitecaps, all things Whitecaps. Uh, last part of our show is uh, prediction game. Actually, before we go to the prediction game, uh, one of the stranger questions we've had from our from our own. Uh, editor of the <laughs> AFTN Network: Have you ever met a famous TV animal? Uh, Michael said, I met Hercules the bear in Lethem Glen in Levin once. Everyone knows Lethem Glen and uh, Levin. Uh, <laughs> and what's your favorite colors for a ball? Orange or gold for me? Colors for a ball. Like what kind of ball? Soccer ball. Always Soccer ball? Yeah. Oh, orange. I like orange. Orange? Snowball? Yeah. yeah okay. Snowball. Yeah, I like white. White and black. I liked the, um, I liked the 2010... World Cup ball. Yeah, the Jiblani. Jiblani. Remember that? I thought people were angry because they were like, it flies weird. Every World Cup. (laughs) I'm not kidding. David De Gea was on about it before this World Cup. They say every World Cup the ball flies funny. But actually in 2010 it was an actual problem. They had a lot less goals scored Mm -hmm. from outside the box because the ball was different. And somehow the ball didn't like phase over the line every once in a while and, you know, bounced out. No, that was the England, that was the that was the England game. But you know, uh, Van Bronckhorst it was his last like w- tournament. Mm-hmm. He scored an amazing goal from yeah. way far out, and like maybe that had to do with the ball in 2010 too. That's very much off topic. Maybe if we have like a a bye week during the World Cup, we could do like a a World Cup show. That'd be ooh, that'd be, that'd be fun. Like that. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you our Twitter handles later that you can find out. Okay, prediction game. Last week, it was it was okay. Last week. For some of us. <laughs> uh, Nick was 0 for 3. <laughs> you said that Tuchera would get an assist. That didn't happen. Two goals for the Caps. What I wouldn't give for that to be true. Um, and you said LAFC would have a- uh, aerial dual win percentage of 40%. It was 31%. in pretty the pretty low. Yeah. But you were right. Like It would be way less than the mm-hmm. Caps, right? But yeah. not, not that not bad. Um, or yeah, not enough. Um, Gideon, you said that... Uh, Vea would have two key passes. Key pass. He well did. Well Score for me. Key pass coming up big. Uh, Marinovic would have four saves. He had one save. 
and the Caps would have between 55 and 60% possession. Um, the Caps had 48% possession. So one for three for Nicholas. I said that Kamara would have an assist. We didn't know he was injured. Uh, I said that uh, there would be a yellow card for Carlos Vea. There was towards the end of the game. I was really happy when I saw it. I think it was for time-wasting or something. I was like, yes, thank you. Um, and that there would be one VAR incident. Now, we will discuss this. I said last week, and I made sure I included this as I said it, that even if the ref is like holding his hand up to his ear, that could be a VAR incident. Could be. Could be a VAR could incident. Be. He never did the hand box thingy. But the reason I'm letting this go is because he did it twice. So it wasn't one VAR incident. It was possibly two VAR incidents. Okay, and that is the biggest reason why VAR doesn't work because we can't play this game properly. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's angry; he doesn't get his. Point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would we, say you have to maybe say the the ref. Yeah, is the yeah. I think that's fair. That's why I'm letting it go. So I was I was one for three as well, and the season standings right now are I'm on seven, Gideon's on five, <laughs> Nick's on four. Uh, we actually have a supplementary bonus question Ooh. after we make our predictions. Oh, so, so this is a bonus round. Yeah, Johnny from Canada uh, got in touch. Um, saying that he he gave us two extra predictions that we could do. Okay. Um, we might make this regular basis, and we'll well let's see this week. And so in uh, theory, you can get over five that. points. You can get yeah. five points this cool. week. Yeah. Big money. So, not to brag, but you guys could catch up with me this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Let's get your uh, just your vanilla predictions first. That your usual ones, uh, Nick. Okay. I think there will be uh, two goals for SKC. Okay. Two goals for SKC. There will be uh, 15 tackles for the Whitecaps as a team. Oh, wow. Okay. And there will be 14 dribbles for SKC. For SKC. Yeah. Okay. Gideon? I, uh, I said Davies completes at least three dribbles. Mm. That's low for Davies. <laughs> okay. Whitecaps He's give out back. Set, uh, a set-piece goal. Set-piece goal for the Caps. Okay. Yeah. And... Whitecaps have 78 passing accuracy. 78% passing ac- away from home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're not Manchester City, Gideon. <laughs> okay, Nobody's I s- Manchester City. It's true. Not even Manchester not City. Not even Manchester <laughs> City. <laughs> I said that uh, Zuzi would have an assist. I think there will be one red card. Ooh. Yes. And I'm going back to it. There'll be one VAR incident. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for the VAR. Yeah. And if it ain't broken, it's the box. Come yeah, exactly. Okay. If there is a box. <laughs> and this, yeah, a box. If, if uh, and this week's supplementary question. So I'll go through them one by one. Okay. Uh, number one, how many touches will Robbo get of the ball? Ooh. Which is a great Ooh. question because he does now, touch the ball. A, a I lot. have a question. Does a throw-in count as a touch? But like Robo, like the ball will he always lays it off the opposition, gives him a little tap on the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So like when he yeah. grabs the ball and gives yeah, someone, yeah. that's one touch. Okay. okay. Two. I'm gonna say two. Okay. Gideon's going two. Nick. I'm gonna go with four. Four. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, think there's gonna be a lot of balls. So who's gonna watch the game in ten? This is ten I'll I'll watch it. Um, that means I can't fast forward through the game. Uh, I mean, He's I mean, I love this team. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna go high or low. I'll go five. Yeah, might as well. He does. He does. Like you always see him, right? Like yeah. you just know he wants to get back out there. The second question. Yeah. Why doesn't he become a? Why doesn't he put himself in there? Just give him a ball boy T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> ball kid. Ball kid. Ball kid. Um, the second question is: What minutes of the match is uh, a sub going to be used? For so white caps. So what will what will make this is that the first sub of the game will be in which minute? Ooh. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. you have to estimate. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fifty-two. If there is an injury, this is just yeah, okay. exactly. That's totally the thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna be like, there's gonna be an injury in the thirty-first minute. Okay. Do you want to go with that? And we'll <laughs> I'm go, gonna with, go with, with that. The closest. I'm gonna go with Whoever that. gets closest gets that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say fifty-sixth uh, minute. Fifty-six. Oh, you're, what's that game where you have to guess like it's highest but not price, over. Is, right. price, price is right yeah your price, price is, is writing me <laughs> damn right yeah. Yeah. yeah so that could really swing our prediction um, standings yeah. standings for next week well very good thank you very, very much for listening to uh, episode 260 of the AFTN soccer show or podcast let's let the fine people of uh, Whitecaps land know where they can find you at underscore Gideon Hill on Twitter and Nick uh, at Space Age Robot 56 and you can find me at Joe DC Van thank you very much for listening please get in touch with your questions um, we usually send out a tweet the day of the show or the day before the show asking for questions uh, any feedback any suggestions like Johnny from Canada did, did today uh, we're, we're very open to suggestions uh, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the game one day I shall come back yes I shall come back until then There must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.